<laughs> How have we been at ending episodes? We just kind of end them. Okay, bye, guys. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. We um, have to insert an ad, obviously, but we could do that. Yeah, but we do that. In post. Welcome to Bad Kid Media Pod, a podcast where we talk about anything and everything. I am Andy, and today I'm here with Ace. Hello. Nice weather we have here today. Yeah, beautiful. It clocked at, what, I think 105 degrees today? 104, I think. Yeah, pretty pretty darn close. That's triple digits basically all month. Yeah, my steering wheel is super hot. <laughs> at least you could take it off and bring it in the air conditioning. <laughs> I didn't, you. though. I left it. Me, me and Cormac came to my place after the cave, and... We had to leave again to go take stuff to Xfinity, and I left the steering wheel in there, and it was, like, really hot to touch. Yeah, that's why you get a steering wheel cover just to cover while it's in the car. I should get a steering wheel cover because my steering wheel's made of fancy leather. Or you can just wear gloves because... Ooh, like baby driver style? Yeah. Racing all around town? Please, thin leather, leather gloves. Well, at least um, at least your whole vehicle isn't sitting out in the sun. I have to sit down on, like, a hot seat because I'm on a bike, and it just sits in the sun. Sit down. Every single surface is like 120 degrees. Yeah, how was how was riding here? So, uh, my first time riding to El Paso, actually on the on the bike. Do you want the uh, honest answer or like the cool? Hey, I'm a biker now. Answer. Honest answer. I was scared the entire time. <laughs> I took the back roads. I took Main Street uh, or Highway Four something uh, until Texas, and then it turned into Donovan. I did not have a relaxing moment on that ride until I came up behind a trailer who was going 20 under and I followed him for like half an hour because I it's didn't want to. It's dangerous to be behind trailers I was like bike. 10 seconds behind him, so I was fine. They but still it, tell you not to do that. Well, I didn't want to go fast, so. Yeah, because you can't really ride behind trailers or trucks that are that have stuff in the bed because if something falls out, you, you don't have anything to protect you. So. But I was far enough behind him that if something fell out, Yoink out of the way. Yeah, it was an empty trailer, too. He was oh. just going super slow. So I, uh, I took that as like a relaxing moment. Like, ah, I, I don't have I to go see. 60 miles an hour. So and he was taking all the back roads, too? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, I think he turned off in Anthony, Texas. So he went, he's probably a farmer. So at least I'm not like central Texas, at least, or central El Paso. At yeah. least I'm like edge of El Paso. Yeah, most of my drive was back roads. Uh, the El Paso section of Donovan was kind of hairy. And then I had to go to Sunland Park in Mesa, which was disgusting. And now I'm here. So only about 10 minutes of my drive was like having to check my pants. The rest was just kind of boring and fast. <laughs> well, um, were, did you see any uh, tornadoes in the sky on your way here? No, I saw some clouds. Uh, there was some cloud cover, which forming was tornadoes, right? No, more like rain clouds. Although electrical we know it's not storm. There was definitely some electricity <laughs> I was feeling in there. <laughs> I don't know if that was my alternator. It is like electricity of death. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the electric feeling of being on your toes constantly. No, it was humid more than anything, to be honest. I, I don't know the pressure. I don't have good pressure sensing, but it was humid. So maybe there's a storm brewing. I mean, if you look out the window, you, it looks like it's going to rain. I kind of hope it does. And so you have to ride in it? I'll be fine. It would feel nice. Aiden, I don't want to ride on the highway. Also, Aiden, I want it to rain so I can ride in the rain. Well, I'm not going 75 miles an hour. I can just take no, it slow, chill out. Still. Nah, man. I don't have a rain jacket, but who needs a, who needs a rain jacket? <laughs> um... 
So today we are talking about uh, if you guys can tell from the tornado. Oh, actually, I skipped small talk. Sorry. This was what have you? What have you? No, no, no. More small talk. What have you been up to? Just working. Same. Same as last time, honestly. Same, same as entire recap. Yeah, pretty much. Just surviving, figuring out what I'm doing. That's it. Podcast. You didn't get any new vehicles. Got a motorcycle, but we mentioned that last time. We did. We did I forgot it, about that. But I've started riding it every, basically every day now. When I to first work? got it. Yeah, to work, cool. to back. Uh, drive my car sometimes, but it's weird driving a car now because I've been getting a lot of practice in on the bike. Aiden's left foot is over here trying to shift while he's in the car. <laughs> he's like, not. <laughs> trying to find neutral again. Yeah, after you've been driving a manual and you go to do a stop in a normal car, you're just like. <laughs> uh, well, at least uh, at least it's pretty easy to shift between the car and bike. The only thing is I'm not used to having a big vehicle. So when I get in the car, well, when the last time I got in the car, I hit a fence because it's so far forward ahead of what? me. I'm really? used to having a, like the front of my bike being two feet away Your from bike me. is big. But it's your smaller bike than a car. Huge. It's eight feet long. I do not want to drive your bike. It sounds awful. I, I like small bikes. It's nice as soon as you get up to speed because when there's wind, you don't feel it as much. Mm. It's 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 a luxury like when you're cruising. Right. But it's not the best for parking lot maneuvering. Right. But it hasn't... I've gotten used to it, I think. Okay, especially in cruises. Yeah, it's, it's probably nice. 650 pounds. That's like... Oh, 600? Okay. My brain automatically registered 6,500. I was like, that is more than my truck. No, no, yeah, six, 650. That's like how much my Honda was. Yeah, it's it's. In it's fact, that's heavy... lighter than my Honda. Your Honda dirt bike? Yeah. There's no way it's lighter than Yeah, but bike. how how tall is yours? But I don't know how to explain it. You I can't just... show, you have to explain because we're on podcast. <laughs> it's low enough that I can, when I stand up with my legs at like a 45 degree angle, not straight up, but like a 45 degree angle, which is how you need to stand when you're over the bike. You have about a foot between the seat and my crotch. Oh. Or more like eight so inches. So you, you couldn't stand flat foot on the Honda. Oh, yeah, no. You can stand flat foot on this and have plenty of room. You it's couldn't amazing. stand flat foot on the Honda. If it fell over, I almost, I basically couldn't pick it up. I dropped mine this morning and it took me like five, 10 minutes to find a way yeah. to get it up. I basically couldn't pick it up and it had an, what's dry sump. And so basically that means that the oil was stored within the frame. And so the whole bike just got really heavy. Yeah, the Honda was absurdly heavy. It would not have worked very well for dirt biking. Neither just is this. Sunk. <laughs> I live on a dirt road, so it's the last like 10, the last two minutes of my commute are the worst. That's not that bad. And those roads around there aren't that bad. And parking, parking in, on dirt where I work is a pain because I, I can, it's heavy enough that I can't push it backwards in the dirt road. So at the end of work, I just have to pray that I won't get stuck and I have to ask my boss for help. Are you still driving your dad's truck or do you have the Crown Vic back? Uh, yeah, I have a Crown Vic back. Does not have AC because I decided not to fix it because I would have to rehaul the entire AC system. So I'm just going to spend that money on the suspension and deal with the sweat. Make it a Think project. Drop. Thinking about what? If I do the suspension myself, I'm gonna make it a little lower. You stiffer. have to. But it's if I tall. have it, if I have someone else do it, then I'll just have it. For a sedan, tall. it's tall. Yeah, it's For tall, a sedan. heavy, slow, bad on gas. Yeah, if you lower it, it'll improve your maneuverability. I care more about fuel efficiency, but that's like a lost cause for this car. Think about in a parking lot. Six point turn. Do a six point turn on my bike too. Take your take your wheels out a little bit so you can turn more. I'm tempted. I'm tempted. I don't know. I don't have the expertise to do it, but now that I have a bike, I can come on. It's easy. I can, I can just. I can help you with the park car. the car in my garage and figure it out. 
you have a garage. A uh, carport. Carport. Yes. carport. At least it's shaded and it has cement, not gravel anymore. So I can just park it there and take as long as I need. What about you, Andy? What have you been up to? I went to the Grand Canyon. Specifically Horseshoe Bend. Um, well, I did Grand Canyon too, but first day we went to Horseshoe Bend. First day we went to Tucson, hung out there for a little bit, then went to Horseshoe Bend. And we went kayaking through Horseshoe Bend. Super cool. You're basically in the middle of this giant canyon, right? Kayaking. I decided to wear shorts and the sunscreen was in a different kayak. And so I was like, it's fine. I'll just wait until I start turning a little bit red and then I'll throw on some sunscreen, right? That totally makes sense. No, I uh, stayed paper white the whole time and got back to the car. I was like, man, my legs don't hurt at all. They're not even a little red. I'm fine. And then we got back to the hotel room and my legs were red. And I was like, huh, that's a little strange. I guess I have a little bit of a sunburn. And then I took off my socks and I was like, weird. My ankle looks normal, but my leg is bigger than my ankle. That's a little strange. Next day, get dressed, we do our whole thing, get done at the end of the day. Same thing, I go to take off my socks and I was wearing tall socks that day. And basically there was a ring around like where the, tall, the top of the sock ended and everything down looked normal. Everything above looked like a marshmallow that was like bright red. Basically my ankle swelled, swelled to about the size of a softball. And instead of a, having a calf definition to my lower leg, it was just one single size from my ankle to my knee. Basically my skin started turning dark red and purple. And so, <laughs> so I got what's called sun poisoning. It's basically not sunburn. It's much, much, much terribly worse than sunburn. And so basically right now my right leg is a different color in multiple places. So my scars turned brown. Um, there are parts of my leg that are yellow and there are parts of my leg that are red and purple. The swelling's gone down because I've been taking ibuprofen and I've been icing it and aloe vera like every single day and multiple times a day. But basically I looked it up and there's literally almost nothing you can do to fix it. You just gotta let it. Yeah, you just have to like ride it through. The only thing you can do is go to a doctor and get an antibiotic. That's it. That's the only thing you can do. And the antibiotic is like, eh, if you have a skin infection and the antibiotic helps fight it off, maybe. But that's it. You have to deal with it. Uh, I guess lesson of the day is wear your sunscreen. Yeah, wear, wear your I have stop to... the whole convoy. Get get the stupid sunscreen out of the other person's kayak. <laughs> I want to go kayaking. Was it like rough water or was it like something a beginner could do at, at the Horseshoe Canyon? Because I kind of want to kayak at some point even though I can't absolutely swim. a beginner thing it's meant for tourists i've done Sweet. actual whitewater kayaking and that was fun this is very easy now it was not easy the whole day so basically when you do horseshoe bend you're going down river they put you on a boat the boat takes you up up river like with a motor and it's a speedboat kind of and it takes you up river drops you off at the bend you go around the bend and then you have to basically go miles and miles and miles to get back to the start but it's only supposed to take like four hours tops and it's down river. So if you just sat there without paddling, you would move, you would keep moving. It's not that hard. Well, the guy who had the boat who took us up there told us, he was like, it's gonna get windy today. But since you guys in kayaks, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Now our kayaks are not hard body kayaks. They were air filled kayaks. Um, and oh, so, the inflatable ones, question mark? Um, yes, but they weren't cheap. 
Got it. They so weren't were, cheesy. They were nice, like inflatable, thick, ones. Like yeah, resistant, like canvas plastic rubber. Got it. Kind of thing. And so basically, we got all the way. We were within the last, like, I want to say, two or three miles of the end, and we turned a bend, and basically, that stretch, because what they do is they drop you off in segments so they say okay the eight o'clockers are here the ten o'clockers are here and so between where we were and the end was every single segment that had come before us starting at like six o'clock in the morning so there were like three groups of kayakers ahead of us and they weren't moving because the wind was so strong that it was hard to paddle so basically it was me and Isel in one kayak her mom and her sister in another kayak, and then her sister's boyfriend in his own kayak. And the wind was so powerful that if you looked at the water, it looked like the water was going uphill. And so if you sat there without paddling, you'd start to move backwards. <laughs> and so basically we had to paddle. And so you'd paddle, 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 and you'd be super focused. And then you'd look up and you would be sitting in one spot while you're paddling, you wouldn't be moving. That one section, what should have been done in like half an hour, we took like two hours doing. Jeez. And we passed basically every group that had come before us. Why is And that? multiple groups because we were going faster because we were paddling really, really hard. And so multiple groups were pulled over asking for help, calling for the boats to come pick them up. And we just paddled really, really hard to get to the end so that we didn't have to get picked up. Man, that's rough. That's <laughs> it was fun. But like if you stopped for even a second, the boat would go, and start moving backwards and you'd have to freak out and start paddling again. It was fun. That does sound awesome. It was fun, yeah. I definitely recommend it, especially... And when we went to the Grand Canyon, it was cold. Like, the Grand Canyon itself wasn't cold, but the entire time leading up to it was pretty cold. Like, we were wearing hoodies and stuff like that just because the time of the year we went, I guess. I don't know. Tucson was pretty cold. Um, except for during the day. During the day, obviously, got, it got hot. But, like, towards the morning and evenings, it was colder. Um, so I would say better time of year is what I would say. I think this is a good time of year for it. Cause, or what time would you prefer? Because wouldn't it be colder in springtime? Mm, no. I think, I think it would be hotter, I would assume. Last time I went to the Grand Canyon... It was... This was my first time. It was August. Cool. Well, that was my first time. And oh, okay. It was like 10, 13, 10 or 13 years ago. I was nine. Mm. So it was a long time ago, but I remember the temperature. Maybe the weather's changed since then. Possible. <clears throat> Global warming. <clears throat> um, but Well, like when it got hot, it got really hot. Yeah, but I, I remember it was windy and miserable. The whole road up, like basically to get to the Grand Canyon, you have to drive through these massive expanses of desert. Of and nothingness. Of it's nothing. Beautiful. And it's kind of crazy because you can't see it. You're driving and you can't see the Grand Canyon until you're right up on it because it's all flat, right? And so as we were driving, there's this one where you go down this hill into kind of this valley, but it was like an absolutely massive valley. And you couldn't see like 20 feet ahead of you because the wind was so bad. You couldn't see any of the other traffic because there was dust. Like, that's the kind of weather we were dealing with. Oh, I guess I got lucky by going in August because we didn't deal with any of the, the, the dust. We dealt with fires on the way up because we went to Flagstaff. Yeah. Uh, but when we were at the Grand Canyon, it was like 110 during the day. But in the mornings and evenings, it was like... Crisp. It wasn't quite 110. I think the highest it got while 
I was over there was 106. Okay, so I guess the heat stays similar until August, but yeah. in the mornings and evenings it wasn't so bad, and we might have got lucky, but it wasn't very windy. It was it was fun. Though. We I also mean, didn't go into the canyon very. We far. did not. I did not go in the canyon because by the time I went to, go, we did Horseshoe Bend first, oh, and so, so by, that time, your legs by the time my legs were done, it hurt to walk. Putting pressure on it made my shins catch on fire. Moving any sort of fabric over my skin hurts. That's why I'm wearing the climbing pants because they're loose, so they don't hurt. Um, but yeah, we did not. I did not do the hike down into the canyon. Wow. So yeah. Interesting. I'm glad that you're recovering. I guess. Uh yeah, I'm doing better. I still may have to go get the antibiotics because of the discoloration of the skin. <laughs> Um, Fair point. But I don't know if I'm going to do that. I'm going to try and avoid it at all costs just because doctors are expensive. Um, doctors uh, suck sometimes. <laughs> so on the topic of weather and terrible weather when you go to the Grand Canyon, uh, what's our topic for today, Ace? So today's topic is actually going to be storm chasing. I don't know if you guys are very familiar with storm chasing. If you're not, there is a 90s movie. I believe it's in the 90s called Twister. And it's about this, uh, this man and a woman who chase storms. Another uh, instance of storm chasing in popular culture would be there, there's a Weather Channel TV show called Storm Chasers that I grew up with, uh, which is what got me exposed to storm chasing. I actually, in kindergarten, when everyone, like, when the teacher asked us, like, what we all wanted to be when we were growing up, I put storm chasing. So you know a lot about this. Eh, not anymore, but I was definitely interested in it when I was a wee lad. Well, then you'll be our resident expert. I'm not even an expert. I, the only thing I know is wind go fast. Resident semi-expert. I'll take that. <laughs> My nerdy elementary school self would be so happy right now. So I guess like I'll start off by discussing a little bit about the show. Uh, it was basically just, uh, I think there was two groups of people, but I only remember there being one. It followed this group of people who th their job was to chase storms for the Weather Channel. I think it was like a reality show. They had yeah. like this armored car that legitimately looks like a tank. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty If you guys cool. look it up, it's pretty cool. There's like sheet metal across every side. It's They have it lowered so that much water, not much air can get underneath it. And there's like a port uh, on top with like armored glass that has a 360 view for the cameras. And they, they would have other cars, but that would be the car that goes into the heart of the storm to, to you know, for safety. And it, it had like basically bulletproof steel because of all the, the, the debris and stuff. It, it was insane. So I remember watching this when I was a kid on TV and I was like, man, this is like super cool. And they have all this fancy gear and stuff. But like, what's the point? Why would you even do it? It's, this seems extremely irresponsible. I feel like that's kind of the point. Uh, a lot of people do it for the adrenaline rush, actually, um, especially people like them who are going like into the heart of the storm. A lot of people like to see the, you know, one of the most powerful forces of nature uh, that we can't control, we can't predict very well. And they want to go as close as they can to these very powerful storms, primarily tornadoes or big hail storms and see how close they can get. Um, some people do it for meteorological data. I think the storm chasers did have a lot of equipment, but most amateur people can't get very meaningful data. Uh, they can get some, but meaningful data is expensive and hard to get. So there is a point to it. Kind of. And the photo opportunities, obviously, I mean, you know, social media and, you know, bragging rights, like, hey, look how close to a tornado I was. It's gorgeous. If you look at videos or from the Storm Chasers, like, it's it's beautiful, I think. Okay, okay. So 
the main reasons would be adrenaline rush, data, photo opportunities, and just generally experiencing nature. Typically, yeah. I think most people that do it for the amateur do it for photos and um, adrenaline, but there is a small group of people that do it for science who probably are more predisposed to liking the adrenaline rush as well because that's not something that you can just do if you don't like the thrill. I think. Bet I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna drive you my like the thrill truck out into a tornado. You lifted truck that can get my, my lifted really, truck. Really easily. Okay. My lifted truck. Yes. Um, I don't know. This seems expensive. It doesn't seem like many people can actually do this. Yeah, it's it. It's from what I know, it costs a lot of money if you're gonna do it right because that armored car is expensive. The damage to your vehicle if anything happens is expensive. Yep. The equipment, if you want real data, is. Uh, do you know how expensive it could be? Or is that... Um, I don't. You don't? Well, me neither. No, I don't. <laughs> I did. Takes lucky Pause doc. for a second. Where did you get that 25 to 60 figure from? Before I say anything about it. Because that's a tour cost. That's not the cost to do it. That's okay. the cost to go on a tour. Okay, we'll reset. <laughs> that, 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 okay. Aiden thinking it cost sixty dollars to get. Like, yeah. See, the vehicle cost twenty. The equipment cost twenty, and you can just go do it. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Uh, um, <laughs> what was the last thing we said? I don't remember. How expensive it sounds. Oh. Well, Ace. The average person can go do it for about $60 a day. However, that's just a tour. That's just like a ride along. That's not legitimately doing it as a like job. Okay, or for fun, like you, you go find a touring agency and you pay them 60 bucks a day or so. Right, and so take you to a store. since we live in Southwest, we don't really get major storms, which is kind of nice, but at the same time, we don't experience tornadoes. And so if we wanted to go do that, we could go over to the tornado belt, uh, which is a section of the United States. And we could basically book a tour to go with a touring agency that has a armored car and all this other stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it seems like it's mostly the, um, the, great, the great Plains, like the center of the country, Texas, Kansas, Nebraska section as well as Missouri that have the most uh, tornadoes. So not too far from here, to be honest. We can take a day trip over to Tornado Belt if we really wanted. Yeah. Although it wouldn't be very, it, it would be hard to find a storm. So you'd have to probably be in the area for a while. So this is going to be a little bit off topic, but also not. Um, you don't quite have to drive that far. If you want to see tornadoes, yes. This is actually an interesting story, me and Cormac. So Cormac is one of our friends. Uh, we have not had him on the podcast, but I believe we've talked about him. Yeah. And so I got a truck and around here, there's lots of off-roading. And so I got a truck specifically for off-roading. Cormac has a old, I think it's a 1990 Jeep Cherokee. Yes. And crazy uh, modified. Yeah. So both of our vehicles are super modified. So we, we go off-roading. One, this is actually how I messed up my truck. We were off-roading over by what we call the dam area. And there's this road that goes off to the lava flows and it's called 006. Oh, okay. and so if you take that road, there's a bunch of off shooting roads that go off of that and they're all off roading roads and basically, well, they're not necessarily off roading roads, they're maintenance roads. And so they're decently well maintained, but they're all dirt. So you can go basically to the middle of nowhere. You can get to Mexico on these roads. Like you can go anywhere. And so we were off roading and it was very late at night, like very late. 
basically, we drove into a storm. It was, I want to say it was like an electrical storm, but it was basically just a lightning storm. And so as we're driving through this desert wasteland, basically area, because there's nothing around, right? The lightning is like striking around us. And like, it's like the lightning is like streaking across the sky. Like, so it would, it wouldn't go vertically. It would go horizontally above us and it would light up everything around us and then go away and then light up everything around us and then go away. And so we're like driving our truck and our trucks like through this area, through all these like ditches and stuff. And we're going like 75 <laughs> and like it's rain. It's alternating between raining, not raining. There's mud and then it'll be dry all of a sudden it was all over the place but this lightning was just crazy and we're just off-roading in the middle of it it was really really cool so how'd you mess up your truck oh you want me to tell that part of it i mean obviously so, come on give the listeners what they want basically it stopped accidents. raining and we hit a section where it hadn't been rained on and since they're dirt roads we were kicking up a lot of dirt and cormac was in front of me i was following too closely and I couldn't see the road. I was following his taillights because he was kicking up so much dirt. And as I, as I said, we were going fast. We were doing like 75, 70 on this road. And so basically I couldn't see anything but his taillights. I was way too close and he swerved. And I was like, huh, I wonder what he swerved for. As my truck plows into like a three foot deep ditch my tires go down when you hit something like let's say you hit a speed bump or a dip or something a pothole your suspension goes down comes up and you feel your vehicle return to the same height it was at right so i hit this ditch and i had slammed on the brakes like right before and then took my foot off the brake because you're not supposed to press on the brakes when you hit stuff and so i hit it and i got shot up into the air i maxed out the suspension on like all of my shocks. My head hit the roof of the truck. I came back down because I popped out of the ditch basically because I'm hitting like a solid three foot tall, four foot tall wall of dirt. And so as I came out of the ditch, basically it my truck did not return to the same height. It lowered and stayed lowered and kept rolling. Basically, my headlights fell out. They broke and fell out. They were hanging out of the vehicle. The vehicle was tilted to one side. And so I like rolled to a stop and like my head was all fuzzy. And I basically, I was like trying to turn off the vehicle, but I couldn't because I was like disoriented. And so I like took off my seatbelt and I like grabbed the door and like ripped it open. And I basically toppled out because my truck is tall. And so I basically toppled out of the vehicle and I was like, what? And I look around and my vehicle's like all tilted to one side. And basically I, sh I broke both my front and rear shocks. I bent my frame and I ruined my leaf springs. Um, I dented one of my rims. I bent my frame on the front, not just the side. Um, my headlights fell out. <laughs> like it was, it was pretty bad. And then like Cormac realized my, his, my headlights weren't right behind him. And so he ended up turning around and coming back and we duct taped my headlights back into the vehicle <laughs> and we basically drove all the way back into town. So it's probably an hour and a half, two hour drive out to where we so were. So you just limped back. Yeah, well, no, the, like the, 
Sort of. <laughs> you still went fast, though. Yeah, we, we still went pretty fast because we were in the middle of a storm. You know, you don't want to get caught out there, especially if the vehicle is damaged. So we basically just were more careful on the way back out. But yeah. So I, th I think I'd consider you the, the only person I know who's a storm. You and Cormac are the only storm. <laughs> it wasn't a tornado, though. It was a storm, though. It was a storm. You weren't a tornado chaser. Yeah. But I guess <laughs> we can go from that. There's a lot of dangers with storm chasing. Especially just a little visibility and you know wind you know for tornadoes there's like a few different classifications there's ef zero through five zero and one are like 65 to 110 which is already crazy because 40 mile an hour wind is insane ef two three are 111 to 165 and the the, the violent storms are uh, 166 to 200 miles per hour wind. so you can imagine like when you're out there riding or driving your truck 160 mile per hour wind not only is that dangerous for your vehicle um you know take it you off could, the ground you can take your vehicle off the ground <laughs> you can throw rocks into your window tree branches you can even throw other vehicles at you which is the terrifying part yeah you know and that's not even the only danger like as andy said low visibility you know very low visibility. you're throwing up dirt and dust especially in, in you know the great plains or in the desert out here can't see more than a few feet ahead of you there could be a three-foot ditch that you just didn't see to react in time and you you know you could get lucky and drive out of it or you could you know have a permanent injury uh which luckily didn't happen there but you know you know storms are dangerous if i'm considered a storm chaser and i was in a storm and i ruined my truck and all that i should be getting paid for this how much do storm chasers usually make have you ever typed bad kitty media into google no you should go try it we have a website that showcases our photography and digital art portfolios you can view all prices for every service we offer, and we even have a whole page dedicated to this very podcast. Check us out if you haven't already. Now back to the podcast. From our research, they make a median salary of about 18K a year. Uh, that is not that much. No, that's like maybe a sidekick type of money. Yeah, if that, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's mostly from selling their video, uh, video photos, which you can market really well if you really wanted to. Uh, data, especially to like meteorological companies, that would probably be the best. But I feel like well, and I feel like too. photography and video depends on the artist, it depends on who's taking it. You know, are they well known? Are they yeah, like, like National Geographic? You'd probably make bang. Right, he would make more. Someone hired by a big company to do it would make more. So it just kind of depends. Yeah, and then like the storm chasers, like the people on the TV show, I don't oh, know how much they. They make. probably make money more. Quite a bit more. They probably make more from the contract to make the show versus actually storm chasing. Yeah, which it's nice that they get paid to do that. Right. But it's for the show. It's for the rights. Not to the a, show. not all storm chasers are going to be making. Exactly. That. Most aren't. To yeah. be honest. So storm chasing is not a very good lucrative business, which is partially why it didn't actually do it. <laughs> I also am kind of not as risk tolerant as most storm chasers. So that makes sense. I like risk that I can control or at least risk that I can pretend I can control, like driving in traffic, which More is dangerous risky. than riding in an airplane. Yeah. But you feel like you have control, <laughs> which makes my monkey brain happy. You can't control a tornado. But being a meteorologist, storm chaser, you make more money, right? Yeah, meteorologists make quite a bit more. Probably just being a standard meteorologist, you make a lot more than even if you just and you, you wasted probably, your time with storm chasing. You probably have to be a standard meteorologist before starting into the storm chasing gigs. Yeah, or at least have some knowledge of it, because it's really hard to understand the weather without having that 
sort of knowledge set. So you'd have to either be a meteorologist to understand what's going on or be, you know, well, well versed in wind patterns, pressure, storms and, and so on. So practically a meteorologist or at least know someone who is who will come along with you, like have a team like Andy's the, the crazy driver who will get you there. Cormac is the the guy who makes sure nothing breaks and films, and then you have tech like, person. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll weather film. Person. I'll film and be backup for the, the you know the electronics, and then we have Ted or whoever who, who's like fresh out of college from meteorology. We're like, listen, you want the time of your life? We're gonna go see a tornado, and then he's like, all right, you know, yeah, I have to have a team to be honest. Better to have a team. Because another danger is, hey, look, I'm looking upwards at this storm, trying to follow it. Oh, crap, there's a car coming towards me because they're running away from the storm and you hit them head on. That sounds like it could be potentially really common or even not even hitting other cars, but hitting other things. How common is that? Don't really know, but it, it's common enough that the Weather Channel, like the actual Storm Chaser show, got sued for $125 million for a death because of a, for a, death. <laughs> yeah, for death because of a, a collision in a storm chase. Like it's even for people who are professional, like it happens. You get distracted. So many things going on. You just look away from the road for. And one so second. what? They were looking at the storm and they ran into someone else or what? They drove through. So apparently, according to the local police. In Spur, Texas. Which is where it happened in yes. 2017. 2017. So recently, the, the pair, recently. The, the people who were storm chasing. Yeah, that was five years ago. That's <gasps> not recent. No, no. <laughs> five anyway. years ago is five years ago, Aiden. Anyway, collisions are really common for storm chasers, as, as we could reiterate. Like, when you're chasing a storm, paying attention to the weather, paying attention to where the storm's going to be, trying to figure out camera angles, trying to get there. Looking at your friend's taillights. Looking at your friend's taillights. <laughs> uh, you're not going to be paying attention to the road. And so what happened in 2017 uh, in a city um, called Spur, Texas, or right outside, there was a group of storm chaser called Kelly Williamson and Randy Yarnell. They are a pair with the Weather Channel Storm Wrangler, so a different show, but it's still with the Weather Channel and they were dashing after the tornado and they ran a stop sign and killed a 25 year old storm watch spotter named Corbin Yeager. So he was also someone who was out there for the storm uh, for the National Weather Service, but he wasn't a chaser, he was a spotter and they ran through the stop sign and killed him. So Yeager's mother actually uh, filed the lawsuit seeking 125 million from the Weather Channel because you know of all the reckless driving that has been shown by these storm chasers that eventually led to a crash killing their son. Right. So it's 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 weird how common this seems, even for pro professionals. Like, just look away for one second. And it looks like they you can make money live streaming it too. Yeah. Uh, oh, you can actually. So for those of you who are interested, you can actually find storm chasing videos on YouTube, and it looks like you can find videos of people live streaming the experience yeah i don't know how much they would be able to make but i do know if you have a big enough audience you can make quite a bit twitch twitch yeah twitch. You, want, you want to start live streaming it from the back of your bike put like a 360 camera and then just follow around tornadoes <laughs> i'm gonna get blown up so fast 
Uh, how about you do it in your your truck? It's already experienced. It's already has the history of storm chasing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the what electrical we'll do. storms. Now that it's fixed and even taller. Even taller. <laughs> you can hit a four foot ditch this time. See, see, yeah, I can I can hit a five foot ditch, and then if it picks me up off the ground, it'll just be a close up view. <laughs> if I hit a speed bump, my frame hits the ground oh, on my bike. So terrible. I feel like your truck would be better. Maybe, maybe it is built like a tank. Now. Yeah, you just be like, oh, I gotta now. reinforce the frame. Yeah. Yeah, some cost. You can't, you can't reinforce the frame and not try to. Bend That's it a again. fallacy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I, I used to love this stuff so much. I mean, it's still interesting. Every once in a while, I'll go on YouTube and watch the videos and just watch like so the absolute chaos. What part of this reaches out to you? Like, what what part of this do you like? Because to me. A, I would be more interested in the whole off-roading aspect. Like I, that time I was in the storm, I was there to off-road, not because there was a storm. Like, I feel like I don't care about the storm. Now that I have been off-roading and haven't, well, now that I have off-roaded and haven't in a few years and miss it so very dearly that I cry sometimes, <laughs> I would love the off-roading aspect now. But when I was younger, that didn't even occur to me. Like, obviously that's part of like getting out there is you have to go on dirt roads. To me, it was like, seeing the storms now that i think about it, of how mystical they were and how powerful we've got like the desert rat crew here you me and cormac i don't have an off-road vehicle you used to though is what i'm saying back when we back when i had my because aiden me and cormac used to go mobbing in the desert with our trucks aiden had a bronco I had a 1978 four-wheel drive Ford F Bronco. Yep, I had a 2001 Toyota Tacoma two-wheel drive rear rear-wheel drive. It was a single cab, super lightweight, so it was more like you I treated it more like it around, a yeah. Yeah, like a rally car. And then Cormac had his. He's always had the same Jeep. <laughs> yeah, he even still has it. Yeah, he still has it. Um, but yeah, we kind of everyone. Who else was in that group? I think it was just us. It was us three primarily. And then everyone tagged along. Yeah. <laughs> it, it didn't last very long before I flipped my Bronco, so it's mainly been you Yeah, and it's mainly me and Cormac. But I would tag along all the time in your vehicle. I would sit with you or with Cormac, because I still I enjoy it. I just don't have the vehicle for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, yeah, that was, that was fun times. Fun yeah. times. One of these days when no recession I'll get. I'll get when no recession, yeah. Okay, yeah eventually when I'll gas isn't $10 in California and 5 in New Mexico. Jeez, don't worry, <laughs> One of these days, after I get myself a new bike, an electric car, and then I'll get myself an offer. Yeah, so when, we went to, like when we went to Tucson, we were like, yeah, this pri the gas prices here are crazy. It must, it must just be in Tucson. And then we came back and we were like, oh, nope. It just spiked in like two days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's bad. It, it cost me $20 to fill up the bike, which is insane for a bike. Yes. How big nice, of a though, tank do you have on it? I think I have like a three or four tank. It's not very it's big. Pretty good. So I got three and a half gallons today. Uh, it was like 17 bucks because I had to do premium. I have to do premium. Mm. I forgot to, so I filled it up half with the regular and then the rest of premium. You can get so, stuff to put in it if you do that, I think. What kind of stuff? I don't know. I just think it exists. I don't use premium. I've never owned a vehicle fancy enough to have premium. Well, this isn't fancy. My dad just told me to put premium. And since it's his bike, I said, yes, sir. So <laughs> not premium. Did you though? I, one time I messed up with the <laughs> Usually I put premium. It's fine though. I, I don't mind putting premium because, oh wow, look at me. I get 45 miles to the gallon while revving really high all the time. And you know, it's fun. So if I, if I was going to storm chase, I'd get like an electric truck. 
So get myself like an electric truck and start storm chasing, you know, I'll have you sit Why an electric truck? I feel like that would- Gas is cheaper. Energy is cheaper. Non-existent, you mean? Yeah. But like, I, I feel like the to... odds of and something breaking is- And they're heavier, so they stay on the ground better. But I feel like the, uh, the odds of something breaking is higher, especially in a storm scenario. We'll be It'll, I'll be on like a third generation electric truck by the time, you know, I actually can afford one. So I think most of the kinks will be ironed out. I think my choice would be a first gen Tundra because they're big and heavy or maybe like a, a new Raptor with like metal plating on it or something. I'm thinking the new Hummer EV. Oh yeah. Cause the new Hummers, yeah. Oh, have you, uh, actually, speaking of EV, let's get off topic for a second. There's a YouTuber who got an old Hummer and converted it to EV. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, get, get yourself an old Hummer, convert it to EV, and then go chase storms with like your eight ton hunk of metal that can handle it. Yeah. Gotta get it all plated though. Oh yeah. I mean, it's designed for that. You, get, you Those things get shot at in Afghanistan. I want this vehicle. I, I, I literally want the Storm Chaser vehicle. Yeah, you y'all need to go look it up because the Storm Chaser vehicle looks like a tank. But it's weird that it still appeals to me so much, even though I've grown up and realized, obviously I'm not gonna do this, but like- Why not? Just do it. It's a hobby. You said it's not that far away. Let's go. Right now. I value How many life. views do we have to get on this for us to go storm chasing? Two and a half billion. That's not gonna happen. Well then, yeah. Okay. If we at 250 views and we'll at least- 200 and We'll at least look at it Why is that so low, Aiden? I don't wanna actually go into the, we can just rent one of the, 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 the services, 60 bucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 250 views and we'll go storm chasing. That's how I feel about the bull penis, Andy. Uh, we're still not there yet though. <laughs> will be one day. We don't have the money for this. Please sponsor us. <laughs> hey, if the Storm Chasers and Weather Channel would like to sponsor us, uh, please. They're, I don't think they exist anymore. If the Weather really? Channel would like to sponsor us, please. The Weather Channel exists. Totally got sued. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> weather Channel exists. I don't know if Storm Chasers still exists. I don't think the show does at all. Not anymore. Do, do yeah. you have any interest in this other than like the off-roading aspect? I have interest in the driving and off-roading and having a cool vehicle, but I don't know if I have, I just don't know. Like driving in a storm, cool. Being present for the storm, not really. Like I don't really, I'm there for the driving part, not for the, like, yeah, it's cool, but like, I'm not there to take data. I don't care about any of that. Like some of the people maybe, use data, they just do it to have fun. You would be the guy who's like, hey, let's have fun. And then you have someone in the back collecting data while you're just like. Yeah, yeah, probably. I'd be the driver. Um, maybe if I were to take photos, um, but I also, I don't lean that direction as far as what kind of photos I take. I typically do um, portrait. portrait. I usually do product photos, creepy oriented photos. Um, well, this gives an opportunity for a very creepy atmosphere because it does, the thing that but that's not usually what you get is the atmosphere of the storm. Like if being you, outside where like the entire atmosphere around you is trying to kill you. It's the pressure. I feels don't different. get you a can creepy feel wind. vibe. I think you, at the I beginning of a storm. If you vibes. look at pictures of landscape photography during storms, a lot of it comes off as more beautiful and just very landscapey. Not the kind of photography I usually do. True. But I guess that's where we differ because I like the whole experience. Like I would like the, I, I've never experienced the storm like that, but something about looking at 
a force that's more powerful than stuff that we can easily create. Obviously, nukes probably more powerful, but you know, let's let's forget about that. It's a force that's more powerful than we can really control. We can't stop storms. We can't control the weather, but it's there, and we have to deal with it. And just seeing like a column of dust and air swirling in the distance is something so like powerful about that that I like. Like I would love to see a hurricane. We got a lot of hurricanes in Guam. Yeah, were they cool? I don't know. We always left. Wait, that's, that's literally, wise. they uh, they they would give out alerts and they'd be hurricane coming and my family would be like okay we're taking the vacation to the u.s <laughs> yeah we would always leave but we would have to basically put up shutters basically metal panels and we'd screw them onto our windows of our house because otherwise they'd be broken yeah see i wouldn't want to deal with that aspect of it but i would want to deal with the aspect of like witnessing a extreme weather event yeah see i've seen like when we come back no, from I the u.s see the actual, like, but like i'm saying when we come back from the u.s and it would be destroyed like the whole island, trash everywhere, like everywhere. <laughs> and then like everyone would have to be cleaning. And like, if your house got destroyed, you'd have to deal with that. Yeah, no, I wouldn't want to live in an area with extreme weather. Yeah. But it, it kind of like, it's the same reason that when I was like, why kids and why I still like volcanoes. Volcanoes? Yeah. It's like extreme weather, but instead of from the sky, it's from the I ground. hate volcanoes. I, I hate volcanoes. the concept of a volcano. Why? Here's this thing that can kill you. And if it goes off, there's almost zero chance of you surviving. Yep. Oh, by the way, we have no idea if it's going to go off or not. Yeah, and if it's big enough, it will make the entire Earth five or so degrees cooler for a decade, a century. It depends on how much stuff if it doesn't happens. kill everyone. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm good. Something Are about- Are you talking about Yellowstone? I'm talking about- <laughs> <laughs> Specifically? Because <laughs> I mean, that one is big enough to basically put the whole Earth out of commission. Oh, well- not the Earth, but the species. Well, line. okay, so it would cover the U.S., right? Yeah. The th what the whole Earth would receive is the ash, not necessarily the volcanic part. If I'm thinking of this correctly, the volcanic part would cover the U.S., but the entire. I mean, on the other side of the world, you'd be able to see the ash, and you would kind of happen all over. Yeah, and it's the yeah, like you said, it's the ash, but it's similar to the weather for me. Like seeing that giant force of nature that could bring our humanity to its knees at least temporarily or at least a, a small town completely destroyed with how much progress we've made just because the wind was strong because some <laughs> because air wind go burr yeah, wind go burr or the sky decided to puke out some small ice balls or earth had a pimple or earth had a pimple that that's i like that like there's there's an eruption that happened in 1815 that was the most powerful in human history called Mount Tambora. And it erupted, it ejected 16, 160 to 213 cubic kilometers, cubic kilometers of material into the atmosphere. You could hear this volcano from hundreds of miles away. And that was a small volcano compared to what could happen or has happened in our history. Right. Like there's something just so cool about, oh, we're just living here and- We exist. We could, yeah, we exist, but there are things way more powerful that also exists. That also exists. <laughs> that just happened. Like tornadoes. That that doesn't interest you at all? Not really. Um, again, I'm more interested in the vehicle and the driving. And maybe off-roading in a storm is cool because lightning, lightning striking cool. around. But I'm not necessarily there for the storm. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be I like the go there. fast. I like, <laughs> I, I like the go fast in the storm. I don't like the storm. <laughs> I like the existential crisis that these extreme weather events give me. Anytime it rains, Aiden's just like, 
breaking down inside, no, having a rain crisis. Is, <laughs> when it rains, it breaks crisis. down because I'm like, oh, finally rain! It's dry out here. But that's Aiden different. has so has had like a breakdown every year of his life because a major storm has hit. <laughs> no, it's not a it's more like, oh wow, this is cool. Yeah, we could die. This is awesome. I'm good. I'm in danger. Yeah, like, basically like that. I'm in danger. Yay! <laughs> no. Well, all this is very cool, but I think I'm gonna stick to my relatively, no, actually very safe Las Cruces in El Paso. Same. I like the weather here. I yeah. like that I can think about storms, but not have to deal with them. For those oh, of you who windy, don't so. live here, it's so nice. We live in a valley and like almost nothing ever happens. Except rain also never happens. And yeah. It's windy during the spring, but it's like 30 mile an hour. Wind. It's not that strong. It's annoying, but it's not like, oh my God, I'm going to die. It's strong enough to be annoying and Especially make you hate like, yourself, but it's yeah. not like, it's not like going to kill you like a tornado. Unless, unless you have like a really, really, really big kite and weigh basically nothing, then you'll be fine. <laughs> or if you're riding a motorcycle in the heat of it and don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Which happened to me the other day and I almost died. Good job. You should feel accomplished. I do feel accomplished because I didn't die. Because <laughs> I didn't. I survived. I survived. I swerved into the wrong lane, but I swerved back because the wind stopped for a second. Thank you for uh, joining me in my discussion of storm chasing Andy. You made middle school and elementary school Aiden very happy. I think, I think this is that you're a professional storm chaser. No, you're the professional storm chaser. I'm kind of jealous, to be honest. Not professional. I you almost are died. Storm chaser. Huh? I almost died. <laughs> it's the fun part. I'm a little jealous, but you know, next time I see you, maybe I'll have chased the storm—a small storm, but a storm. Let's go storm chasing. <laughs> Just chasing the one cloud in the sky. <laughs> yeah. New Mexico storm chas chasing be like. <laughs> oh, look, the one rain cloud this year. Let's go follow it. <laughs> All right, guys. So we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.